Essential Self-Care Podcast, a podcast for those of us who are, let's face it, too busy for self-care. In this podcast, you will hear real-life stories from people who leaned into their self-care as they were navigating life's storms. You'll learn practical tips, tools, and strategies to incorporate self-care into your own busy life as well. You'll hear from expert guests sharing their expertise on specific tools and modalities of self-care to optimize your well-being in your life, career, and relationships. I'm your host, Dr. Sheetal Ajmani. I am a physician, best-selling author, and founder of Radiant Living Institute, where I guide high-achieving women to get unstuck and learn to live radiantly again through major life transitions. Quick disclaimer before we dive into the episode, please know that this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Always seek the advice of your own health practitioner or mental health provider for your specific situation. Now, let's get started. Today, I am so excited to welcome back to the Essential Self-Care Podcast my dear friend, Dr. Erin Wiseman. She was on a few weeks ago talking about green care. We had such a great conversation. So if you didn't tune into that episode yet, then definitely go back to that after you listen to this episode. Dr. Wiseman and I have been dear friends for years. She is a family physician. She provides whole person care serving rural Indiana. She is the host of the Dr. Me First podcast. She is the founder of the Burnt Out to Badass coaching program, which I mentioned last time. When I first set up this podcast, I did not have the explicit rating, but since having her on, I have updated that. I know who I am talking to. I know my dear friends. She is passionate about helping people who are experiencing burnout to transform their lives and practice into a joy-filled, sustainable career that they love. And so I shared a little personal story during the last episode of how uh, Dr. Wiseman's podcast was the first podcast that I was ever a guest on. I want to share a different story here today because Dr. Wiseman today is going to share a bit more of her personal self-care journey and story. And so I mentioned in the previous episode that Dr. Wiseman and I have been friends for years. She has been there with me through some of the toughest times in my own life. And I remember during one of those times it was rough. Uh, it felt like my whole world had just flipped upside down. And I remember calling Aaron and just, just in tears. And I said, you know, Aaron, I'm the one who talks about self-care all the time. And I have no idea what to do for myself right now. And I don't know if you remember this, Aaron, but you asked me like three questions. You were like, it's okay, Sheetal. Did you take a shower today? Did you eat and did you hydrate? And I said yes to all three of those. And you said, you're doing great. That's all you need to do today. That's it. And that has just stuck with me over the years. It's something that I have shared with others now. When they're going through a hard time, I've shared it with clients, with other friends. Um, Just, dear friend, you mean so much to me. Thank you so much for being here. Love that. Yeah, it's one of my big things is to remind people like, did you take care of the people and the critters that need your direct supervision? Did you brush your teeth? 
you know, those little things, because sometimes we think we have to like do a plus 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 work. And it's like, no, not at all. You just need to survive today. And maybe that may look like, you know, leftover sushi from last night for breakfast. And that's fine. Maybe that looks like cereal for dinner. And that's fine. It's 100% okay. And in many ways, that that moment in many ways has led to this show, this podcast, to essential self-care, to us talking about how do you practice self-care when you don't have the time, the energy, the bandwidth to practice what is traditionally considered or thought of as self-care. How do you do it? It's through doing these things that we just talked about. Ah, So powerful. So Erin, can you share with us today an instance in your life when self-care became no longer an option, but an absolute priority for you? And what did that look like for you? Like what tools did you turn to? What have you found to be most helpful and impactful at that time and over the years? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say there have been numerous times that I have had to get out my like emergency self-care belt. I I envision it similar to like the utility belt that Batman wears. The normal shit just won't work. I need like the real good shit. (laughs) Um, God. And and this is one thing I want to tell your listeners too. It's not like you like figure it out and then it never happens again. It's like, for me, like, I talk a lot about burnout. I'm a burnout expert. I help a lot of people through that and to the other side. But you're never cured. Like, this is life. It keeps going, and you just have to take the next best step. But, like, my my big, huge bottom-of-the-barrel suicidal thoughts with a plan was back in 2014. I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing at that point when it came to self-care. I just knew that I felt terrible. And then like over the last 10 years, there, there have been those like small dips again. And I would say right now I'm probably in a pretty like moderately deep dip. And my recipe after trial and error, I mentioned this in the last episode, but like I did all the things like the yoga class, the meditative retreats, the like go to the spa, pedicures, um, treat yourself to a nice candle and a warm bath. Like I tried to do all the things and like it would feel maybe okay. I'm just not that kind of person. That's not, that's not my self-care and what feel like really feels like self-care. But what really feels like self-care to me is community, a great phone call with a friend or a chat over lunch or dinner. That is so healing. So community is huge. Um, ongoing self-compassion, um, continuing to go deeper on how I can be nice to myself. And then after decades of negative mind chatter, which then like ripples out into like even deeper compassion for others. My third ingredient in this recipe is connection. And we talked about that in the last episode about green care, my connection with nature, animals, and plants. And the fourth one, which is a huge one, because I am 100% a workaholic, I've 100% identified that. I treat people with addictions here in a rural southwestern Indiana. And when they ask me, like, well, what drugs did you do, Dr. Wiseman? I tell them work is my drug, along with Amazon shopping. Um, No, I haven't, like, done crack or meth or opiates or, like, even, like, smoked 
you know, that sort of thing. But like real true rest is the fourth ingredient to that. And we can go into all of those more in depth. Yeah, I love that. I love that you, through trial and error, created a recipe that works for you and that you find vital. And also recognizing a few things. One, that that recipe can change in some way, shape, or form over Mm -hmm. the years in terms of how those specific components maybe look and knowing that that can be okay. I always say that our self-care can look different during different seasons of our life. And I love that you also shared that essentially it's a journey. It's never like, okay, I got it. Like I am done, right? And you mentioned like many, you know, dips that you've had as well myself included, just so many ups and downs over the years. And I know you described that you're in kind of a moderate dip right now. I would say I have been as well over the past two months. And it's, um, you know, it's again, like one of those moments over the past two months of, oh my goodness, this is the work I'm doing with Radiant Living Institute. And here I am again, right, of having to dive deeper into some of these tools, having to dive deeper into the self-compassion, having to dive deeper into, well, what does self-care look like for me right now? So just for our listeners, it is a journey. The thing is, is that all of these tools uh, and practices can help in some way, shape, or form to help you navigate it with the greatest ease as possible. And ultimately, to help understand and learn more about yourself better and maybe on a deeper levels. And so let's dive into these. Let's dive into all four of these. I think all four of these are super powerful. I mean, community, let's go with that one first. Let's just talk about Mm -hmm. that a little bit. So being in the Bible Belt as a, um, I mean, people around me would continue consider me like ultra liberal, but I, I wouldn't say that I'm probably more of a moderate, but there's, there's not a lot of people like me where live here. I had to really curate community and thank God for starting Dr. Me First back in 2017. I mean, I have made, well, like yourself, like so many friends, people who I have had on the podcast or who I've had interview me and Like there's just something in me that when I meet somebody and that they're special, I'm like, you're going to be my friend. I just name it. And I don't let those people go. Um, You know, it's like everything we need to learn. We learned in kindergarten. It's like, will you be my friend? And, and then I hold on to those people and curate those relationships. Because like I said, it's not like I can go out into my community and talk with people who, who understand me for me. Um, you know, they see me as Dr. Wiseman or they see me as my kids' mom, um, but they don't really, they don't know all the undercurrent, all the back history. And human connection is essential and so restorative. So for me, I've had to be very intentional about building community. Um, and like I said, a lot of it has been online, um, but then also not just keeping it virtual, but like going to conferences and purposely inviting friends to come with me or like you and I going on a trip together out to Sedona or just going to people and staying in their homes and getting to know them more and and do things together. Um, It's not easy. It's not easy to build, you know, connection and community. Um, But, you know, that's okay. 
you got to pick your hard. And I'd much rather have the hard of ongoing relationships than the hard of like isolation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing is, is when you are going through a challenging time and when you are experiencing some of those dips, it can be easy. It can be almost easier to isolate yourself. Um, and just realizing the the power that there is in that community. And, you know, I agree. I don't think I realized it until I got older because, you know, we spent so much time in school, right? In in grade school, then undergrad, then medical school, then residency. Like we, you know, we spent so much time in in training and in these cohorts, right? Where it's kind of built in, like that community was just kind of built in. And so I don't think I realized it until much later, until I got a bit older, like just how hard that is, and that it can be, and that it is okay that again, given how hard it is, that maybe those good friends of yours and that community that you're building don't live in the like exact area that you live in. And maybe it does take that little bit of extra effort, but it is possible and that that's okay. And to make that effort, you know, like you mentioned, like us meeting up in Sedona, the first time we met in person, we had already known each other and been talking on the phone with each other and supporting each other through tough things for like at least a full year. And then I mm-hmm. remember we had planned this trip to Sedona and we actually met at the airport. I think it was the Dallas. I think it was Dallas Worth airport in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was Dallas. So we met during our layover and we were on the same flight from Dallas to Sedona. And that's where we met in person for the first time. And, you know, I have been thinking about this a lot recently as well over just the past few weeks. And it's a goal of mine that I was thinking, you know, we're recording this just before the new year, just before going into 2024. And something I've been thinking a lot is that going into this new year, I want to make more of an effort to visit my friends who live in different parts of the country and world, really, this upcoming year. So um, I already mentioned it in the last episode, Erin, that you are on that list. I want to come visit you and see your alpacas and your chickens. And if you're listening and you don't know what we're talking about, you're just going to have to tune into the last episode where we talked more about her alpacas and chickens. Um, So moving on to the second part of your recipe, self-compassion. Ooh, Erin, this is such a big one, such a big one for me as well. I feel like this is just this like lifelong journey and lesson that I am on of continuing to dive deeper into how to be kinder to myself. Um, So tell me a little bit more about self-compassion and your journey with that and the role that I'm it plays I'm totally going to do that. One life hack I want to do on connection is, you know, we all have our favorites list. I want everybody to go on there and don't just put like your mom and dad and your spouse. I want you to find those people in your life who are truly you want to be more connected with and you aren't or you already are and put them on your favorites list because I got a new car. And now when I pull up the phone thing on my new car, it brings up all of those people. And like on a daily basis, Mm. it reminds me like who my people are. And if I need them, I can call and text them by just pushing one button. So. Anyway, mm, life hack. I love that. 
quick shout out to today's sponsor, Reclaim Your Radiance, Radiant Living Institute's signature coaching program designed to help you reclaim your worth, renew your energy, and restore your happiness in your life, career, and relationships. This six-module curriculum has already helped countless women rediscover themselves through life's storms. From setting difficult boundaries within toxic relationships to finding their inner strength and power while navigating divorce and co-parenting to aligning their career and business with their authentic self and to learning how to live for themselves again after their kids have left the nest. This program has been a guiding force for women to live unapologetically and shine brightly within their lives once again, or often, even for the first time ever. Experience the results for yourself. Head over to radiantlivinginstitute.com forward slash reclaim dash your dash radiance to learn more and get started. Self-compassion. I literally the other day was sitting in the room with a 12-year-old whose parents had brought them in for weight-related issues. And I believe full-heartedly that you can be healthy at any size body, whatever size body you have. And I was talking through that mostly to the parents rather than the student. But we started talking a little bit about, this is like where I can't cut off Coach Aaron from Dr. Wiseman. They just, they happen in the same place. And I love that about myself now. I'm such a better doctor because I'm a coach too. But we started talking about self-compassion. I asked them, you know, what does that like internal voice in your head sound like at times? And like, we were talking about eating habits and like really identifying that because like, this kid does not need to be on weight loss medications or a restrictive diet or do like Weight Watchers or any of that bullshit. This this kid is beautiful. Talking through it with family, they come from a big family. You know, it's just one of those things. Some of this is just genetics. Some of this, this is just a twelve year old, and like they haven't hit their growth spurts yet. Like, why are we doing this? But anyway, um, and just talking to them about that instead of always trying to push yourself harder and like kind of like um you know be negative nancy is is just being like telling that part of your brain like hey we're doing the best that we can with what we have right now and we were talking about that in the relation to like homework like getting homework done so bringing it to a topic but I was so excited to share that with a 12 year old because if 12 year old Erin had had anybody talk to her about self-compassion, I think that my trajectory would have been different in my twenties and thirties and now going into my forties because, um, yeah, willpower and that like inner bitch who's like, yeah, you can do it. Like the CrossFit coach that's in my head right now that can be really, really stinking mean. Um, works for a while, but eventually that starts to tear you down and then you start to tear Mm -hmm. other people down. And so what self-compassion does is it doesn't put on rosy glasses. It's not like toxic positivity. It simply is in three steps. One, naming the reality that's happening now. Like I like to say, this is a moment of total and utter suck. This, This is so fucking hard. Number two is Reminding our shared connectiveness. Everyone has felt like this. There are probably thousands of people across the world right now that feel like I do too. 
And then the third step is like asking yourself, what do I need to hear? What do I need to have right now in this moment of suck? And a lot of times what I need to hear is just that you're doing the best you can. This is a really hard situation. Or um, what do I need to do? Maybe I need to step away and take a breather if I just finished like a real hard patient encounter. Or like one of my kids is like losing their shit. You know, maybe I just need to step away right now. Like they're safe. They're not going to run. You know, I'm just going to step away and we'll come back when everybody's emotions are a little bit more under check. Or maybe I need to go hug my child just like I need a hug in those hard moments. And so it's simply broken down into that. And if you want a deeper dive, I've got this um, from Dr. Kristen Neff. She wrote the book Self-Compassion. And then she had a second follow-up book book called Fierce Self-Compassion, where she goes into more depths. But I mean, simply put, it's those three steps, like I said, recognizing the reality and naming it our shared connectedness and our humanity that this happens to everyone. Everybody feels like this. And then the last thing, you know, giving ourselves exactly what we need in that moment. I love that. I love how you broke that down into that framework and those three steps. Um, That's just so valuable, I think, for, for me and I'm sure for our listeners as well. And just, you know, I think that's so powerful to just say, hey, this is hard. I'm doing the best that I can and just giving yourself grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the third one was connection. We went into a deep dive on this on the last podcast episode that you were on. Uh, so let's just kind of touch on it. And then for our listeners. Make them go listen. Go listen to the deep dive over there. So, um, so just touch yeah. on it to give our listeners some context on what that means to you. So I need nature in my soul. I need to walk up barefoot through freshly cut grass. I need to have dirt on my hands. I need to love up on a chicken every so often. I love going and collecting their eggs every evening. My chickens are not morning layers, ladies. They are like noontime layers. And I love it because that's how I am too. I am not an early riser by any means. I'll make my eggs by about 12 o'clock. All right, people? (laughs) chickens reflect that so i i i love like picking up their eggs and telling them thank you thank you for these gifts today and i love watching the seasons change i love watching the moon and its different signs um i love watching trees go from buds to leaves to them falling off and then hibernating in that winter state um i need that connection and so that's, you can go listen to the episode and, and get a Yeah, I love and, that. I love that. And we mentioned briefly in the other episode too. I mean, that's like the essence of Ayurveda. Essentially, when you're connecting with nature, you're connecting with your innermost self, your highest self as well. So, so beautiful. And then the fourth one, which I know can be so hard for you, for me, so hard. for many of our listeners is rest. Tell me about that. Well, because it's the exact opposite for which we were raised. I mean, think back in your life. How many times did you have a woman who prioritized her rest in her life? I can think of no one. Um, You know, it was all about productivity. It was all about getting stuff done, keeping your house clean, 
um, all the like doing, doing, running, doing all the things. Um, and I'm not talking just like a weekend nap on a Sunday, which is important. Don't get me wrong. But I'm talking about like true rest where you are ac- actively, intentionally saying, I am not going to do anything right now because I need to have a rest. Um, I mentioned before, you know, work is my drug. I am a classic workaholic. That's how I numb. That's how I get through hard things um, is through work. Um, we, we all are recovering and coping in this life. Some of us choose substances initially. Um, you know, I happen to choose a career that also praises being a workaholic. Mm-hmm. So it's like a double whammy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I internally put a lot of uh, value on that. I am an extremely hard worker and I can outwork anyone to my own detriment. And so when, when it comes to rest, it is one of the hardest things to do. I say if work is your drug, then rest is your detox. And detox is not fun. Recovery is not fun whatsoever. But it's the result that you're working towards um, that, that is the true reward. And so I'm talking about the type of rest that is not superficial and not just physical, but like spiritual rest, emotional rest, mental rest as well. And I, so many people who come to me and are in burnout and they're talking about what they need to do. I'm like, well, it's time to take a break because your head is not clear right now. And we need a clear mindset to help define like, what are the next steps that are going to be best for you? And they're like, oh, great. Okay. I'll take like a week off. And I'm like, no friend. Like we're, we're talking about like a sabbatical leave. Now, some folks, and and we talk through this, it depends like what their financial state is, um, you know, what, what their contract contract says on actually how much rest that they can. But I really help people utilize their FMLA time because if you come to me with burnout, you're probably dealing with depression, anxiety, you're probably dealing with PTSD. You're probably also dealing with some kind of physical medical problems as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get really creative as far as with rest. And then it's not just not going to work. It's then like actively working on rest. And one of my tasks that I tell people and that I've had to do is like, when is the last time that you've actually been bored? And that's the level of rest that I want to get you back to. Once that you can say like, it's not that I'm like, I'm not scrolling and like numbing out on my phone kind of bored, but like I have sat here long enough and done all the thoughts and all the thinking, you know, I like to go outside and do my thinking that I, I literally am bored now with myself. Um, and that's a really hard place to get to. And then and there's it's so much once- value in that. There's so oh, yeah. much value in that. And we, I mean, we could go on for another, I don't know, hour talking about the value in that. Um, so much value in that. And, you know, it's also in addition to everything that you said, it's also like, um, you need to regulate your nervous system because when you're in burnout, mm-hmm. when you're that, you know, when you're in that state, like your nervous system is completely dysregulated. So it's also a matter of regulating your nervous system as well. And, you know, there's been, I can tell you over the past year, and rest is something that even though 
I know how important it is. It's something I have had to practice and that I continue to practice. But yeah, there are moments where I just sit on the couch and that's it. Just literally sitting on the couch, just being quiet. And that's it. I'm mm-hmm. not doing a formal meditation. I'm not sitting with the purpose to meditate. I am just sitting. And, and how hard or, is that? Like yeah, for or me, I sit like on my driving. balcony or my porch, you know, and it's just, just mm-hmm. sitting, breathing in the fresh air, just sitting. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I do a lot of driving because I live in the middle of nowhere to get to work, to get to the store, to get everywhere. Um, and it's resisting that urge to turn on a podcast or an audiobook. Mm-hmm. Like just to like sit, I got a new car that's so quiet that at times I'm like, I like need some noise, but I can tell what I'm doing is distracting myself from other things. And so it's like starting to see those when it, and maybe I need to come up with some different wordage about it, but it's like, instead of, of like filling our life with things, it's the opposite. It's like emptying those out. Um. And then, and then in those moments, seeing what comes up, um, what's bothering you, um, what you're avoiding, and then trying to understand like, well, what's maybe under that? Yeah, which is hard. I think in 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 many ways, you know, it's it's a journey I've I've taken in some ways, but I've been diving way deeper into that over the past couple months as well, and and it's it's hard. Um, yeah, but it's so worthwhile as well. And, and then you like, can intentionally, like, I don't know, when you thought of, when you mentioned like emptying out, what I thought of is like, then you get to intentionally decide what you're going to bring back in instead of just Well, what I was going to say was going to be, who are you when all the noise stops, when all the productivity comes to an end? Like, who are you? And that's something then you get to actively start to decide and to modify if you mm-hmm. want to. And it also helps you realize that if, if like all you are is the work, all you are is the job. That's the thing that I had to come to realize is like, who am I under the white coat? Mm-hmm. Or am yeah. I just the white coat? Yeah, it's powerful. It's powerful. Wow. Well, this has been amazing, Erin. And so just to recap these four aspects of your recipe, community, self-compassion, connection, and rest, true rest. Um, For anyone who wants to learn more about you and the work that you're doing and your podcast, please let us know where they can find you. Now, she will definitely put all of it in the show notes. I know that. But if you Google my name, Erin with two R's, Wiseman spelled we is man, you'll find all my stuff. My podcast, which is now over 400 episodes, the one that she told and I met on Dr. Me First is still up and running, doing amazing things. Um, my other podcast is Burnt Out to Badass. We'll be launching a new episode list so uh this is season four of that podcast so that's pretty cool um i like to be on instagram i don't really i don't play on facebook i check my emails but if you want to get a hold of me come come check me out and see all my real life pictures on instagram and i'd love to hang out with you there wonderful and of course i will include all the links in the show notes below thank you for being here dr wiseman All right, the badass in me honors the badass in you, friend.
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Essential Self-Care Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, leave a positive review, and share this episode with someone you know. And remember, your free guide, Six Simple Yet Powerful Steps to Create Your Radiant Life, is waiting for you at RadiantLivingInstitute.com. Download it today.